everybody. Welcome to the Tim Burns Show. I'm your host, Tim Burns, the common man with common sense and an uncommon desire to know the truth. Well, we've got uh, more news on Hillary. Apparently, there are uh, the State Department has turned over four, I think, .gov thumbnail uh, thumb drives or whatever the case, server information on servers that were probably recipients of emails that came from the at clinton.com server so they're starting to collect lots of information it still keeps adding up to inch by inch drip by drip the poll numbers all of this information is affecting hillary's poll numbers and we might as well start with a now this is a bloomberg politics this is mark halperin he had his uh the focus group that he put together, and this is a uh, New Hampshire focus group. This was pretty interesting. I'm not sure Mark Halperin actually thought this might be coming his way regarding the opinions of these people, but this is one lady, and <laughs> it's actually comical, and yet probably from a Hillary and a Democrat point of view, pretty frustrating. It's a little bit, it's a little more general, just in that she speaks um, articulately about her positions without having that edge and that scorned kind of woman thing. It, that's a little off-putting. Just talk and a then, little bit more about that. I think that, I think that can put off a lot of male voters. Oh, tell me what it's like. What are you, what are you seeing that you're seeing? You know, when she's, I don't want to use the word, but. <laughs> you can. <laughs> It's that like women need to be equal. I mean, I don't, I just, right. I don't think, I, I don't feel unequal. I agree. I don't feel yeah. unequal. I, I don't feel that I've had a job where I feel unequal to my male counterparts. So it's not an issue that speaks to me. It's a double standard. If it was a guy up there saying that, he would be impassioned. Do you agree with Shannon that some people might see that? Oh, yeah. I like Hillary. I think she's a strong candidate, but she has that. I don't think you have to have that. that. Yeah, and she has that of that condescending, and I can see that causing mm -hmm. gridlock. She does seem like a little, little condescending. And I don't even yeah. think it's condescending. That's like a strange word for me. I'm thinking it's more like I'm smarter than you. Yeah. Well, or and I'm a woman. I deserve it. Yeah. yeah. Is, but she, is that, she can lose that. I'd vote for. It's that's not, I, that's yeah, my biggest problem. I think it's not necessary. Raise your hand if you think that could hurt Hillary Clinton's yeah. chances of getting elected. She's going to push off a lot of men. I think. Well, they all raised their hand on that one. And this is interesting with the comments made by the two women that I don't feel like I'm unfairly, that I'm undercompensated at work. Well, here, brand new story out of California, obviously. Tough new equal pay law threatens to accelerate California's business exodus. This state is doing everything it can to get out of its tradition of being an economic engine that it has been in the past. Why? Because you have liberals that run this and think they can tweak it with all of these upper room philosophies, liberal philosophies, the politically correct landscape they're trying to create. And here comes another one that keeps, hey, they got 13.3% tax rate. I mean, I have mentioned Phil Mickelson won a huge he won the Scottish Open and the British Open the same year, $2.4 million, and he owed tax, 13.3. That's a quarter million dollars. 
if he had lived in Texas or Florida. Now, he's devoted. Hey, I was born and raised in California. I understand the mentality of Californians are better than anybody else. But he can't get out of there. And that 13 point, that quarter million dollars, you think his three daughters could have used that money instead of the state of California where it's just poof, just goes up into a little, uh, little puff of dust. It's gone because of all the expenditures California has. By forbidding employers from paying employees less than their opposite sex counterparts for Listen to the wording of what Jerry Brown has done out there. For substant, it's not a question of, oh, let's measure this. Oh, you make 80 grand, I make 70 grand. I'm a man, you're a woman, I make more than you. Okay, there's blatant discrimination. No, they've, they've done what liberals do best. They hide it in language where they can just make it up as they go along. For, quote, substantially similar work not just equal work. Well, that means you can do and say whatever. You, anybody has a case. Doesn't take, sounds to me like it doesn't take into account um, benefits, extra benefits that women might get over men, might need over men. All of those calculations aren't in this. The article finishes with a far more subjective and thus litigation-friendly standard. So who do you think really loves this? I'm sure the whole crew of California lawyers really love this. Here's a whole new wave of potential litigation, of potential, you don't want to go to court? Okay, then just settle with us. It's all about the money from their point of view. It's all, it also prohibits employers from retaliating against those who seek to raise their pay under the law. So they can actually make a case, go in front of, what, is Jerry Brown going to put some equal employment board together that makes decisions? And so before we get to any kind of court case, here you're dragging a company in to, well, we'll just make it up as we, oh, what's your circumstance? Wow, that is uh, that sounds really unfair to us. I know you're getting equal pay, but there should be other things you get out of your employment. It's just uh, California just keeps going down the rat hole as far as well as far as being that landscape that put California on the map. At one point, they were the ninth or tenth largest economy in the world, and yet poof. That's starting to disappear. In fact, I think the landscape of economic freedom that California really needs to remember and needs to get back to is... I got what you want. You got what I want. Let's trade. Get government out of the way. We were made for each other. Well, that no longer exists in California, and it's fast disappearing in this country. Because the government is in the middle of everything, whether it's a rule and regulation, whether it's a fee, a surcharge, whether it's the price just to do the paperwork. And as I had mentioned yesterday, in order for good ideas to be funded, you have to have somebody with investment capital willing to take the risk. If there's so much headache, I had mentioned 
You want California to take the lead again? Hey, California, you listening out there? You want a brand new industry pursuit that can put you in the lead, not in this country, but in the world? Then open up the coastlines to desalinization projects, converting salt water to fresh water. Restock all of your wells. Restock all of your reservoirs with water. You will never have to have any water from any western state from here on out if you make that pursuit. But how long would that take with all of the bureaucratic nightmare that's out there in California? It could take 10 to 20 years just for a study to be approved. Why would any investor, why would any risk investment capital want to wait that long? We need to release the hounds in this country, whether it's an energy focus or for California's sake, desalinization. It only makes sense. All right, let's move on to uh, the AP. See this report out today on the nuclear smuggler, the nuclear guy who was arrested. Now, they don't know if he's actually sold anything. I just caught the, the headline. I didn't read any of the article. But you do not, if you don't think this is a pursuit that's going on, I had mentioned with the wide open border, what would it take for a Cessna filled with something like this, some dirty bomb, some low-level grade plutonium? I mean, these guys aren't afraid to kill themselves, are they? Hey, we want to buy a plane from you, Mexican cartel. We want to load it up with a little plutonium, some dirty bomb stuff, and we're just going to get just across the border, and we're going to take out El Paso, Texas. You don't think that's a game plan they might have? Well, now we get a little information that the per- there's only one purchaser of this stuff. Nobody else wants to purchase it. This is all about terrorists trying to find this. So another step of a- awareness that this country should be taking. And yet, are we doing anything about it? Again, if we don't go after the head of this snake, then over time, something's going to happen. And we need to get back in there. We need to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. My game plan is, is you get, they're talking about what a nightmare leaving Afghanistan might be, which is an entirely different tribal landscape. I mean, you want to talk about Afghanistan reverting right back to it was pre 9-11 with the Taliban running the show. You pull those troops out. There's recommendations to the president right now. Keep 10,000 troops or pay the price. You think Obama's going to do that? Of course not. He's got campaign promises to tend to. He's got his legacy, his little five-point legacy that he wants to accomplish. It has nothing to do with whether it's good for this country or not in his eyes. And now we've got the Iran Supreme Leader banning negotiations with the United States. <laughs> this is really good. His statements directly contradict those of moderate. This is the Supreme Leader who said, we're done. No more negotiations. We got what we... This is how bad this deal is. All along the way, they were their rhetoric never changed. Why? Because they knew this. the guy running this show in this country is a paper tiger. He's not even a paper tiger. He's a tracing paper tiger. He's a, I mean, it's, 
they know who he is and we don't. That's the biggest problem with our country right now. We have no idea the stand-down mentality that runs this country right now. It's all about fulfilling those liberal dreams. If we wish it and hope it, it'll come true. If we all get together and talk about it, it'll come true. If we grant Iran all of these things we really shouldn't be granting them, well, they'll be motivated. They'll see our kindness and they'll change their ways. And all along the way, before the deal was signed, as negotiations were going on, they were still chanting death to America. Now, the Iranian president, who says his government is ready to hold talks with the United States on how to resolve the conflict in Syria, we're going to work with Iran on how to solve the conflict in Syria. Incredible the number one terrorist country, state-sponsored terrorist country in the world. And why? Because we abandoned Iraq in the first place. I'll tell you, if I was running the show right now, if I had an opportunity to implement one thing, I would show the world that we mean business. I would send a delegation, and it wouldn't be John Kerry. It would be some serious people. I would send a delegation to Iraq, sit down with them, and say, we'd like to come back in with your permission. We would like to finish what we started with you. Help train you again. Help create safe zones. Create a landscape of safe in the country. But only with your permission. You agree to what? Handshake us. And we're going to show you how we float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. In three days, we will have 25,000 troops and all the equipment back on that, that base just outside of Baghdad. And just that profound impression, that message of, wow, look at how fast they moved into place. Just that impression alone is going to strike fear in ISIS. They may hide in certain places, but we're there at that point. Then we start retraining, and instantly the confidence of the security personnel in Iraq instantly takes a two- or three-notch step up. Now we're, ba- now we're back there. And we're ready to not have all these squirrely deals of how we have to work with Iran in one certain area. We have to depend on Russia to go after ISIS, and they're not going to go after ISIS. Like I said yesterday, Putin's definition of a terrorist is not the same definition that Obama has. And either one of those definitions is probably not the definition that the vast majority of common sense thinking Americans have of who the terrorists are. All right, so we've got uh, negotiations with the United States open will open gates to their economic, cultural, political, and security influence. Even during the nuclear negotiations, they tried to harm our national interests. This is the supreme leader of Iran. So this deal was signed, and it's, seems to me that the Supreme Leader thinks it's a raw deal. 
and there's no more negotiating. But the bottom line, they got what they want. What do they need to negotiate anymore? And they've got a landscape right now where they're able to re-infiltrate, work with Russia, and go after the Syrian rebels who, to be honest, do you think Obama really cares about the Syrian rebels at this point? He's probably looking at the failure of trying to fund an opposition. $500 million spent. Five fighters who we don't even know if, they're skill, if they have any skill set. And where did all the other money go? Oh, it went to equipment being shipped in there. That's right. We gave them some equipment. Equipment that immediately at times was turned right over to Al-Qaeda. Was sold. Hey, thanks, America. I think I can get this many dollars for this and this many dollars for that. I mean, this is the infamous, you know, in the stockbroker world, it was if you're going to survive as a broker, you get thrown up against the wall and see if you stick. This foreign policy we have here with Obama, they're throwing everything up against the wall. And guess what's sticking? Absolutely nothing. All right, we'll be right back on the Tim Burns Show here on 810KLVZ. Tim Burns for Nominal Exhibit Services. The convention business is big business. Why? Because big business is done at these conventions. 20%, 40 half the business for the entire year can be done at these conventions. If it's time for your company to step up and you just don't know where to start, I encourage you to call Nominal Exhibit Services. Not one company does it all, but one company takes care of all the logistics, and that's Nominal Exhibit Services. Call them at 303-901-9090. Hey, John, what's up? Hey, Dave. Remember Hank's story about the key to a woman's heart is an unexpected gift at an unexpected time? Yeah, you were right. JT Jewelry does have some really cool stuff. So I did what Hank did. Got Amy two pieces of jewelry, and she loved them. And that special touch of going together to the jewelry store to get her pendant just the way she wanted it worked like a charm. Next time you see Hank, tell him thanks. I will, but let me tell you another story. I saw Bill, and he looked like a truck had run him over. I asked him what was wrong, and he said he went to a bunch of other jewelry stores looking to get a gift for Jean. And they had all the same stuff, and it was nothing but bling by all the same designers. He stepped up to the pump, spent a pretty good penny, and gave it to her, and she loved it. So he was a hero. Yep, but only until they went to a wedding reception a few days later. As people were introducing themselves, a lady came up, and they both noticed they were wearing the exact same pendant. Youch! Yep, he's been in the doghouse ever since. I'm gonna guess you told him about jt-jewelry.com. Yes, I did. All right, welcome back to the Tim Burns Show here. Uh, I just pulled up this article regarding FBI seizes four State Department servers in Clinton email probe. They've claimed these, uh, seized these servers as part of its probe into how classified information was compromised on Hillary Clinton's private email server. 
The four servers, which were located at the State Department's headquarter buildings, were seized by the FBI several weeks ago. They are being checked by technical forensic analysts charged with determining how top-secret material was sent to Clinton's private email during her tenure as Secretary of State. The people spoke on condition of anonymity. Gee, I wonder why. State Department spokesmen referred questions about computer. Let's see. I thought I saw where. Okay, well, uh, the bottom line on that is, and maybe I printed it out on this other article. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, this is part of the, uh, (laughs) I mean, it's all. It still comes down to, well, I didn't send. It wasn't labeled classified. I Again, I cannot believe she would continue to try and use this tact that, well, I guess it doesn't surprise me. Bill Clinton had a real tough time with what the meaning of is is, and so does she. And that's what this comes down to. And she's going to <laughs> live and die by politically by saying it wasn't if she goes to court and claims i'm incompetent i don't know what without having it be labeled what classified non-classified is well if that's what she wants to do if she want well then her poll numbers are going to continue to go down like that that panel that focus group i mean her arrogance her all the descriptions that were given by that panel, they're holding true. The B word was used. <laughs> and if she's going to drag herself down into that incompetence and uses that as an excuse, well, then she's telling all of us we're all incompetent too. We're just stupid. Which, <laughs> to be honest, I think that's probably what her and Bill think anyway. All right, so... Uh, A little headline, it looks like Barbara Boxer wants to get in the mix. They're really worried about Carly Fiorina. And, of course, because Barbara Boxer in the state of California, and they ran all of these ads regarding her tenure as all of these false narratives regarding her tenure as uh, CEO of Hewlett-Packard. Well, they think that's the model that's going to work even before Carly Fiorina gets her numbers to where she might actually be the nominee. But going back to this Iran Supreme Leader, this address he was giving, this speech he was giving, was to the Revolutionary Guards, the Navy commanders of the Revolutionary Guards. These guys are the linchpin of all of the terrorist activities. These guys are the default mechanism for all of the different kinds of terrorist groups Hey, we need some advice. Okay, call the Revolutionary Guards. Hey, Hezbollah. This is Hezbollah calling. We need some advice. All right, we'll plug you in with the Revolutionary Guards. They can give you a real good... We've got all of the necessary uh, intelligence that you can probably use. And here we come to none other than Representative Kevin McCarthy. I heard somebody was talking... Oh, he's going to be the next Speaker of the House, and there's just no doubt about it, and look, he made a mistake. Well, no. The biggest problem with that is as much as you want to move on, as as much as people who want Kevin McCarthy to be the Speaker, and he's just 
As far as I'm concerned now, he's John Boehner Jr. in this regard. Same mentality, same philosophy, top down. We as leaders know what's best for the rest of the entire GOP House of Representatives and all of the constituencies, the voters that put those people in. We know what's best. The biggest problem with the we're going to move on, yeah, this is no big deal, it'll just disappear, is that the opposition will not let this disappear. The deadhead media will not let this disappear. Oh, they may go silent for a while on it, but when push comes to shove, when the time is necessary to remind all of the American people about what Kevin McCarthy said, nice little edited sound bites, and to be honest, it really wasn't taken out of context. He said what he said. It was a mistake. Maybe he was thinking something, and what came out of his mouth was a little bit different. But this comes back once again to it really is time for a change. And Jason Chavitz, I said I was going to post that interview. I'll look for it tonight and get it up there so you can see his interview with Chris Wallace on Fox News. He's really, a ref- he's young, he's refreshing. This is exactly, you know, I've always had the attitude that if any of the two parties, but or maybe even a brand new party, if at one of their platform items is term limits, there will be so much love generated by that, that mandate from maybe even the Republican Party. Look, the father, the first, the, the, the first president of the United States who would have been treated as 90% of people wanted him to be president for life, just like a king, just a different government structure. And he said, George Washington said, no, you're missing the point of the new world order that we're establishing here. You're missing the whole point. It's all about fresh. It's all about young, new ideas coming. If the GOP was smart, they would mandate term limits. If you betray those term limits, let's say two Senate and five House of Representatives. You got 10 years as a House member and you got 12 years as a senator. You betray that, you say, well, I'm more important than our new GOP mandate, our platform item of term limits. What happens is you would always have new, fresh ideas coming in. How long has John Boehner's ideas been there? How long has this Republican Party been kind of the same idea party? Well, you got to go back to Newt almost. When the American people spoke back then and Newt listened and Newt had his 10-point plan of which six or seven of those points became policy. Now, Bill Clinton took credit for all of them. And that's okay. They got done, which is another part of how skillful Bill Clinton was at building his legacy by, well, for lack of a better word, stealing what was implemented by Newt Gingrich and Congress and calling it his own. Well, you only you have to have another accomplice to do that, and that's the deadhead media. And that's what's going to happen with, with this Kevin McCarthy soundbite. This is going to go on and on through the entire election process and wait till it gets to 
the debt ceiling talks and stuff like this. <laughs> it's never going to end. But again, Jafis, uh, Jason Chavitz, he's just got some refreshing stuff and he wants to build it from the ground up, the grassroots up. All right, we'll be right back, finish some other news items on the Tim Burns Show here on 810-KLVZ. A message from DAV to returning veterans. Thank you for doing your duty and doing our bidding. Thank you for stepping up and not backing down. Thank you for putting yourself in harm's way and putting your buddies' lives ahead of your own. Thank you for defending our freedom and displaying your honor. DAV thanks all veterans by fighting to get them the benefits and support they were promised. Visit DAV.org for free help. And again, thank you. Amanda, age three. Tyler, age eight. Marissa, age four and a half. We could tell you just how many child abductions last year led to Amber Alerts, but this isn't about cold statistics. It's about saving kids. Shaniqua, age 14. To get free Amber Alerts on your cell phone, go to wirelessamberalerts.org. When an alert is issued in your area, you'll receive it as a free text message. Wirelessamberalerts.org. A child is calling for help. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Tim Burns for DoggyDogWorldRescue.com. I want to tell you about some really good people. What started as one phone call from northern New Mexico in 2007 has turned into rescuing 500 and giving good homes to 500 animals a year. You know, they need your help. They need your donations. They do it all out of the goodness of their heart, out of their own pockets. I encourage you to give them a generous donation if you give to dog rescue operations. Go to DoggyDogWorldRescue.com and give generously. All right, welcome back here. Hey, a couple of quick headlines that just popped. <laughs> Everybody knows about Harry Reid's eye injury, and, oh, there was all sorts of rumors about he got smacked around or uh, it defaulted to. The exercise equipment machine that he was, well, apparently not skillful enough to actually be able to use that exercise equipment properly. Now, Maybe he was too feeble to use it. I have no idea. I don't know what kind of an excuse he has for why he... Well, you've all seen those videos of people trying to hop on these treadmills or whatever, and they end up uh, doing some tumbling. Well, I'm sure that's something what happened. Maybe Harry Reid didn't know the machine was on, and he stepped on, and it was rolling. And the next thing you know, he's got a black eye and... Well, Harry Reid has decided he's going to sue the exercise equipment firm over his eye injury. How typically liberal is that attitude? Hey, nothing is ever my fault. I am never wrong. That's the mentality. And he's got the eye injury. And so now he's going to sue for him being inept at using whatever the equipment was. And uh, there was one more here. Uh, let's see. 
Well, I can't seem to find it in all these headlines, but, uh, oh, Dan Rather. Oh, I hope we can get to that really quickly. Dan Rather in this new movie with Robert Redford. I cannot believe Robert Redford would actually dupe himself into believing that there's an actual story regarding the fraud that Dan Rather perpetrated on George W. Bush regarding the AWOL memos and and yet here is and it, Dan Rather's in total still denial. He doesn't think he did anything wrong, which is typically liberal. All right, so back to McCarthy. It's not just about what the deadheads are going to do, playing it over and over again. Now, because he made this statement, and this Florida Democrat, Alan Grayson, this guy is a true blue Looney Tune liberal. I mean, the guy is out there. He will file, Alan Grayson will file an ethics complaint Wednesday against Kevin McCarthy, alleging they violated federal law and House rules by using official funds appropriated to the Benghazi committee to pay political or campaign-related expenses. This represents... This is what Grayson said. This, this is how Looney Tune the guy is. This represents the new McCarthyism, the misuse of official funds for political purposes to vilify a political opponent. You see how his misstatements have turned this into, I mean, he has taken a misstatement and because the attitude by liberals is, oh, well, he did it on purpose, and now you convert that into a probe. Well, do you think that this is the kind of this is the kind of way you should walk into a brand new position? Is this what we really need from a GOP point of view? And again, I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. Uh, I, you know, I've never been. But is this really? Is his leadership? skill set, the fact that he's next in line, is this so important that they're going to fight for? I mean, if I was part of the GOP leadership right now, I'd say, look, we know it was a mistake, Kevin, but we got to take you out of it. We just don't need, we want something fresh with no, (laughs) with no uh, skeletons in the closet. We want to do this as fresh as possible. You want to do that? Put Jason Chaffetz in there. And again, I haven't seen any new update information, but the vote goes, what, October 29th, and we'll just see what happens. Maybe something will happen before that. Maybe Kevin McCarthy will say, you know what, I'm a little bit tainted right now. But these next-in-line attitudes, the ego is so huge that there's nothing You think Kevin McCarthy is going to sacrifice himself for the good of the party, for the good of the Republican constituency? Of course not. The ego is in the way. The other thing about Jason Chavitz, if you heard that his application, he, in 2003, applied to work for the Secret Service, and he was rejected. Well, his rejection and the reasons for his rejection was made 
not necessarily public, but it was exposed to a slew of people inside the Secret Service. Forty-five different people looked at his application and the reasons why it wasn't accepted. Then they leaked it. You heard this story. This came out last week about... And uh, uh, the thing about it is, is the director of this of the Secret Service, and they've had a lot of problems, haven't they? And this probably had something to do with people scratching their head over that one guy who jumped the White House fence and a Secret Service guy was six feet away from him, gun drawn. Oh, but we didn't want to kill him. Well, you could have taken his legs out and he would never would have entered that. Does this come down to the queries and the questionings of Secret Service regarding that whole event and all of the events that have happened, including, we know, the, the prostitutes in Colombia and all the different kinds of problems? Did it finally add up? And they were going to get a guy who's questioning what's going on in the Secret Service, that being Jason Chaffetz. Well, all of a sudden, it's, and how are we going to get this? How are we going to intimidate him to keep his uh keep quiet maybe and quit making these moans and groans about the secret service we are the secret service we're the best of the best and i'm sure there's plenty of people who are but the leadership in this administration across the board in every aspect of government is well to say the least it seems like politics rules the roost instead of the prime directive of whatever whatever the different divisions are underneath the executive branch. Uh, the director of the Secret Service, he knew about this from the beginning, and yet you go way back, and I have no idea. Now, Jason Chavitz wrapped it all up in his interview with Chris Wallace by saying that the Secret Service has a, quote, quote, has a serious cultural problem right now and he's right all right so we've got uh, the new mccarthyism the misuse of official funds is an effort to embarrass democrat well see they've taken kevin mccarthy's words and they're just running with it and now they're going to turn it into official criminal probe because they want to shut this benghazi committee down the Grayson is putting this out there for one reason. He wants to get this thing all shut down. He wants the deadhead media run with this whole Benghazi thing is a political committee. Shut it down. Why? Because if you shut it down now, guess what doesn't happen come two or three weeks from now? That's right. You shut the committee down, and there's no putting Hillary up in the hot chair, in the hot seat, for some testimony in front of this committee. All right, we've got, uh, and I've made mention of these stories. Growing number of tech workers allege discrimination against Americans. These are people who are training IT skilled people, but they're foreign immigrants. What's being challenged is the job replacement system created by the H 1B program. Not only is this not just individual? I mean, this is where you have a policy that actually protects what's going on. Hey, we need to hire people 40% less. 
we can ditch and dodge any kind of pension if we fire these people, fire these people who've been working for us, like Southern California Edison. That was one of the stories I read months ago. 25-year employees are training foreign immigrants to take their own jobs. And what what this article exposed is the job replacement system created. This is a policy. This is okay. What is going on? It's okay to take somebody who's worked their entire career for whatever company, whatever utility company, and by definition of policy, this is, from what I can gather, this is totally legal according to policy, which is probably why they're alleging discrimination and they probably have to have this all go to court. USIT, uh, the program, USIT workers as a condition for their severance. In other words, you don't like training somebody new for the job? Okay. Well, then you're not going to get a severance package because we're axing you one way or the other. So you can cooperate or you can walk away and you get nothing. You can cooperate and train your new replacement and we'll give you your severance pay. Wow. Nice extortion policy built right in. Amazing. Uh, today, Obama veto of defense bill. Possible override looms after filibuster fails. Senators overcame a filibuster on the annual defense policy. You know, Obama's trying to hold this thing hostage. He's trying to hold the whole defense policy hostage. On what ground? Close it, Guantanamo, or I'll veto. And what is that? Of course, Guantanamo is a, going back to 2007, 2008 campaign, that was one of the top five promises Obama said in order to what? To garner the radical liberal vote, which wasn't going to vote for anything else anyway. They were going to vote for him regardless. Well, it's a significant victory to Republicans, and it is teeing up a battle with President Obama over a threatened veto on the bill. Well, good for them. In fact, I would think that this might just be something that is not too complicated for the large majority of the American people to understand. Who wins on this? I don't know. But the bottom line is Obama vetoed the entire defense bill. Does the Obama administration and all the liberal loonies think that America doesn't, that the vast majority of Americans think we don't need a military, don't need to protect our own country? Well, maybe if that's their attitude, then Obama might win this. But I think once this gets out in the, into the deadhead media realm and it becomes an issue. Okay, we're going to shut down all of defense spending until you close Guantanamo Bay. You think the majority of the American people are going to say, yeah, that's a good policy. The most important thing we can do from a military perspective is close Guantanamo Bay. I mean, they've been 
shipping out from Guantanamo into our prison systems anyway. They just want to finish the job. They want to convert all of these illegal combatants, non uh, these these uh, uh, terrorist combatants. They want to convert them all into criminal cases because that's what they do. That's what uh, the old uh, attorney general, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, well, he worked for a law firm that their big battles were defending Guantanamo Bay, and then he becomes the attorney general, Eric Holder. Gee, that's a highly forgettable name. How could I forget that? Well, he had a highly forgettable experience. He had a highly forgettable tenure. Maybe not in Obama's eyes, but in the American people's eyes, or what should be, those who pay attention, his tenure was a disaster. But it is who he is. This is what he likes to do. He likes to defend. As a lawyer, he defended these people. And as an attorney general, he made sure that they got all the benefits of the writ of habeas corpus. And remember, all of those jury rights, the right free trial, you know, a speedy trial, uh, equal protection under the law in the jury system, all of that under Eric Holder, uh, well, that was turned upside down regarding his approach to terrorists. But the writ of habeas corpus, that's a privilege. That's not an unalienable right. Even citizenship is a privilege. It's not an unalienable right. There are lots of privileges. Did you know that the writ of habeas corpus, which contains all of those rights to a, to a speedy right, all of the different, that writ of habeas corpus in the Constitution can be suspended when public safety requires it. As much as people want to say, FDR, and it was a delicate balancing act, but from a constitutional point of view, the Japanese internment was constitutional. The writ of habeas corpus can be suspended based upon public safety. I don't know what article, article 2, 8, uh, maybe I'll find that. All right, we'll be right back for the final segment on the Tim Burns Show. Tim Burns, Phenomenal Exhibit Services. You know, big business is done at these conventions, and if you are the responsible party, your company, for making those exhibits work right on the convention floor, and it seems that it's nothing but hassles and headaches and nightmares, that the logistics just aren't working, I encourage you to make a phone call to Nominal Exhibit Services. They're the one place that starts and ends the process. They take you from point A to point B, and they will free up the most important thing you need, time to do business at these conventions. Conventions. So call them 303 901 9090. 
All right, welcome back here. Uh, so we got by that one, uh, veto of defense bill. We got by that one. Second IT firm agrees. This is brand new news, too. Agrees to give Clinton server data. There was another firm besides Platte River Networks. This is called, uh, oh, boy, I didn't write down the name of it, but that's okay. Just another IT firm that, that, that uh, uh, a Connecticut company, as opposed to a Denver company, agrees to give Clinton's server data to the FBI. Uh, turnover data, it agreed. State Department is also asking whether she turned over all of her business emails. And this is just opening wide open. The next in line syndrome for the Democrats, I don't believe is going to work this time around. And uh, there was another story I talked about, or maybe didn't get to, but uh, Bill Clinton said that he's taking it. Oh, it has to do with a, uh, let's see if I can find that here, because that's a pretty interesting story. Let me see if I can just recall off the top of my head, a 30-year lawyer for Bill Clinton, been on the inside, anonymous spoke with the New York Post, and he said it's time to, for Hillary to lawyer up. She's better be prepared is what this attorney, and I can't think of who it might, it can't be David Kendall. I might take a venturous guess that it could be Lanny Davis. And he's saying just be prepared for the worst, just in case. The article did talk about that Bill Clinton is taking this very seriously that there might be, while Hillary is oblivious. She's just acting like this is all part of what she wants the media to believe, and that is what? This is a political winch hunt. And maybe the best thing, if we, if the GOP can actually put somebody else besides McCarthy, maybe the fact that McCarthy did this almost helped Hillary believe in her own mind that this all was a political witch hunt, which it isn't, but almost dooming her to be oblivious to how serious this is. Her husband knows it's serious. She's oblivious. This lawyer said, lawyer up. All right, so we've got... uh, on top of that, we have a top aide. This is Cheryl Mills. And it says that she's the former chief of staff now in this article. But she ended up sending classified information to none other than blah, 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 the Clinton Foundation. Internal agency correspondence to the Clinton Foundation officials raising new questions about how her inner circle handled sensitive information they didn't care remember they're above they're above the crowd they're above the elite they're above the law they can do whatever they want why because it's the clintons and all those who surround the clintons have the same attitude or grew to develop into that attitude all right some more news items here arab the arab Population here in this country is the fastest growing, Arabic language is the fastest growing language in the United States. 63.2 million non-English speaking residents in this country right now. 
And the feds are deporting fewer immigrants. Remember all this talk? Remember when, when the time was about the border security? We've had more deportations than anybody in the history of this country. And when you started counting certain items that weren't actual deportations, catch and release, throw them out the back door, let's mark it as a deportation. Well, they went through the numbers here. The Obama administration deported the fewest number of immigrants in the past 12 months since 2006, according to figures obtained by the Associated Press. Associated Press may not have really wanted to have this story because most of the time they're on his side, especially they're on his side when Obama apologizes for wiretapping, eavesdropping on a hundred different desks at AP headquarters. Yeah, all we need is an apology from our, from our, well, our hero. The figures also show that deportations of criminal immigrants have dropped to the lowest number since President Obama took office in 09, despite his pledge to focus on finding and deporting criminals living in this country illegally. Texas top cop, ISIS may be infiltrating the border. We already talked a little bit about what kind of game plan, especially along the lines of plutonium as the prime objective of these terrorists to be purchased, dirty bomb material to be purchased. ISIS publishes address of Navy SEAL who killed Osama bin Laden. Do you think that might outrage President Obama? It should. Will it? No. Bill Clinton hid evidence of Iranian terrorism from the public. I don't know where the story came from, but it's actually, and we won't have enough time for me to give a full soliloquy on this, but this goes down to Bill Clinton's 45,000-word national security document where he ignored every terrorist activity, left George W. Bush completely unprepared, and that's why George W. Bush told Connie Rice less than a month in office I need a summary of all the terrorist activity that have an effect on this country and that are going on around the world. And that famous August PDB, Presidential Daily Briefing, mentioned 70 different investigations by the FBI, of which one of them was the potential for buildings to be, have planes flown into them. That's where the deadhead media lopped onto that and said, there it is, right there. They gave you the specific warning. Well, it wasn't specific. It was a generalization. But they took that and made it like George W. Bush should have known. This is how the deadheads work. Well, Bill Clinton's administration gathered enough evidence to send a top-secret communique accusing Iran of facilitating the deadly 96 Kobar Towers terrorist bombing, but suppressed that information from the American people and some elements of U.S. intelligence. Why would he do that? As the article states, for fear it would lead to an outcry for reprisal. So the idea of fighting fire with fire did not exist in the Clinton administration. And not only that, wouldn't even admit to it. And there's obviously nobody in the deadhead media who's going to counter the greatest economic president we've ever had by questioning and doing some investigative reporting on getting to the bottom of how many years later is this this is 1996 into 97 this is 20 years later we actually get the truth about this this is how good our media is these days it 
included FBI interviews with a half a dozen Saudi co-conspirators who revealed they got their passports from the Iranian embassy in Damascus, reported it, reported to a top Iranian general, and were trained by Iran's Revolutionary Guard. This has been going, that's from 20 years ago. The same modus operandi of the country of Iran 20 years ago is the same as today. Wake up. That's what we need to do. The slap upside the head from Iran, from the point of understanding who Iran is, has already happened. And we didn't even feel it. Our government's got Novocaine, a consistent IV drip feed of Novocaine to its own head. They're numb to everything. This is really, really sad. All right. We'll wrap this up by saying go to TimBurnShow.com and tell someone you love about The Tim Burns Show. Have a great day.